0: Hi, and welcome to the channel. My name is Nick Baskett, and I'm the editor in chief over at bartalks.net, which is an online resource for the coffee and cocoa professional. So, last week, Breville announced that they had purchased Lelit, a well loved espresso machine manufacturer out of Italy. What does this mean for the industry? What does this mean for Breville or Lelit? Let's discuss. So uh, this came as a little bit of a shock to, I think, a lot of people in the industry, including myself, I'll be honest. But it shouldn't have been really because Breville has been following this strategy. And that's really what I'm finding tremendously interesting and I want to talk about today. So you could take the opinion that uh, the company, Breville, has been making a number of acquisitions recently just because they've got a part of cash and they don't know what else to do with it. Or you can take the opinion that there's some kind of mysterious strategy at play here and what could that be? And I've thought about it and I've looked into the history of the directors and specifically the uh, CEO of Breville, which is a guy called Jim Clayton, and I think that I see um, an evolving pattern and I think it's fascinating. So this is what I think is going to happen. I'm going to make my predictions today, including uh, timescales and I think some specifics Uh, and in particular, I guess, of interest to the channel, what I think this is going to mean for the kinds of equipment that's going to become available and, and how they're going to change the product lines. So first things first, if you want to understand really what's, what's happening here, you have to understand the people who, they are, who are leading the strategy um, and a little bit about their background and, and, and who they are. So the CEO of Breville in Australia, a sterling company known as Sage in the UK, uh, is a chap called Jim Clayton. Now, if you take a look, he's been in the business for about six years. One of the first things he wanted to do when he came on board was consolidate and make a little bit more um, coordinated and, and and synergistic the operations of different of the different companies in, in, in different regions. Um, again, you know, Sage operating in the UK. Uh, as an example, as a sort of a separate brand, I suspect probably with their own profit and loss, and I, I think other countries as well, probably maybe by regions. The US probably had their own you know, guy running it with his own PL and and Australia and maybe Europe or EMEA. Um, but he, he understood that that needs to be brought together under cohesive brand uh, and marketing strategy. Now, if you take a look at his background, uh, Jim did about... I think he did about 10 years under a, um, under a uh, private equity business. And um, he, I was reading up on a, a CEO that I think he did an interview in a CEO magazine where he talked about how influenced he was by a fellow called Romesh Watwani who, uh, who owned a, a business called the Symphony Technology Group. Um, which was this private equity business. And under him, he said he learned how to really grow and scale a major business. And clearly that's what his plan is over at Breville. So, um, but you could ask the question, well, kind of hasn't he already done that? I mean, Breville's already pretty well known. Um, and I don't think he has. I think, I think they're just getting started. But also, they are really only well known in a particular segment, and a segment that i suppose achieves achieve, attracts some level of uh, skepticism or you know snobbery from from the the real coffee aficionados who say that they're just appliances they actually recognize that to some degree and i was reading their annual statement where they talked about one of the major uh, initiatives that they're undergoing at the moment is to move away from this throwaway kind of um, uh, approach that they've got with their appliances, and they do actually refer to them as appliances uh, in their report. And they've got they've got to move towards a more sustainable model where machines are repairable. So that in itself is kind of interesting. Um, the first thing I noticed actually when I read their report was on the front page, bearing in mind Breville, I think the first time I heard of Breville was when I bought their sandwich maker, And, you know, they've got everything from, I think, uh, blenders to toasters and kettles and all the rest of it. You know, all these kitchen appliances that they've gotten, and I think a lot of people love and know them for. But you go and take a look on on their annual report, and the front page of their annual report is covered in images of coffee equipment and machines. I think that gives you a clue as to how important this business is for them. So what have they done? They bought Lelit for yeah, 113 million US dollars, thereabouts. I think it was probably in Australian dollars and converted. But thereabouts, that sort of figure. The second interesting thing to note was how that deal was actually structured. Only 50% of it was in cash and 50% of it was in, was in stock. Now, two things to notice here is, one, that's a lot of money. I actually don't. I, we don't know what Lelit was was earning because they're a private company. We don't know what their profit levels were, what what their EBITDA was. But uh, we do know that um, that that's a lot of money, even for Breville. They actually uh, they actually earned. I think they had a yeah. I looked at their balance sheet. They had a cash position. <laughs> Um, as at the end of i think 2021 they had a cash position of 130 australian million $130 <laughs> that would be awkward 130 million australian dollars which is about 94 million us dollars so think about that for a second they've made an acquisition that's bigger in terms of cash than all the cash that they've got if you split that 50-50 it's more than half of their entire cash pile has been spent on this one acquisition that's a big statement but we'll come on to to what they're actually buying because i can almost guarantee that in terms of strict multiples as we call them of the in terms of valuing a business there's different ways to value a business and you you normally look at a multiple of the company's uh net profit or their ebitda um, and different industries have different multiples. So a industry that is sort of software and can scale very quickly might have a multiple of ten to twenty or or whatever. Um, whereas sort of a, a more difficult to scale business, something that involves services or you know manufacturing, you know, might have a multiple of five to ten. And I'm pretty sure that this uh, sale price has come at a significant premium to that purely my speculation but I think it makes a lot of sense and you take a look at, at what um, again the structure and, and what they've done they've they've made those that stock uh, only vestable, which means it can only be sold by the directors at Lalit I, I I don't know, say directors founders I know I only really know of one founder there which is Mauro, Mauro uh, Epis and by the way we did a, an interview with Marrow, I think, back in 2020 uh, on Bartalks.net. I'll leave a link in it below. It's quite interesting. It's sort of an interview about how he approached the design for the uh, Lelit Bianca. So um, I think that this, this structure where he only gets his payout after five years is clearly designed as an incentive to, to keep him on. In a matter of fact, he's been appointed to the board, I mean the main board. So so clearly they they want him and they want the talent behind Lilith on the main board driving the strategy of the company. I think that's very interesting. And by the way, a fantastic opportunity for Maro and his team to do this because, you know, I went and looked in the background of all the other directors on the... Uh, on the uh, board and none of them have come from a coffee background which in one respect was surprising an issue to me I thought that somebody there given the significance of the business to them uh, would have had some coffee experience but um, on the other hand you know they they've made their success out of making these appliances very appealing to the consumer in some respects coming from a traditional coffee background may have actually worked against them but now what they've got is they've got this, this tremendous coffee expertise from Lelit. And I bet the conversation went something along the lines of, hey, Mauro, come on board, sit on our main board. We've got money. We've got a brand. Uh, you've got ideas. You're innovating. Together, we can take on the world. And I imagine it was a, you know, something like that. Um, feel free, Mauro, to drop me a line and let me know how close I am. So, so, so this... This then begs the question, okay, so what are we going to see? Because, of course, remember back in 2020, they bought, uh, bought Barassa. And a lot of people were talking then, saying, oh, it's going to be, you know, is this going to be the end? Is it going to be assimilated like the Borg? And are we going to see, you know, all the grinders disappear and just become part of the, the, the Breville machines? And, of course, none of that happened. In fact, I went onto their website. I only found one mention of Breville, and that was in a job application a job uh, opening and so and so none of that's happened you're thinking well so what are they doing what are, why have they bought it and i i think when you take a look at these individual actions that have been taken and you put them together you stitch them together it starts to to form a picture so number one they bought Barraza. The the you know again perfectly mark in terms of market positioning perfect for breville smart acquisition Founders wanted to retire, I believe. Um, so ideally, they wanted—they probably wanted to get in some expertise, but it wasn't going to be these guys because they wanted to retire and good for them. Uh, but they could, they could buy up the brand. They could buy up the technology. They could buy up the goodwill and, 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 and store that away. And I think that's what they've done. They've stashed it away, and, 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 and they're probably doing some stuff, but it's all in the back end. Nothing, nothing outwardly has changed. And by the way... Mergers and acquisitions is an art. It is not something that every company does very well. So I actually think Sage slash Breville is doing a great job on that. Second thing they did was, I think it was only a week or two ago, they announced um, beans.com, which is a subscription bean service. And if you read my newsletter, which goes out every week, uh, I talk about, I think it was about six months ago, talked about how I felt a company, and I had, I think I mentioned Breville specifically as being probably the best position to do this. A company should work closely with the roasters and integrate um, integrate some technology between the grinder, the the brew method, you know, the brewing um, uh, technology, and the roaster, and the beans that they're using to help uh, to help the sort of maybe newcomers into the coffee scene who want to get into specialty coffee but get very frustrated with all of the you know the difficulties and the learning curve help them just get in the ballpark so we're not talking about push a button don't need to worry about anything it all just comes out perfect but we're talking about just getting them in the ballpark by uh, the grinder talking to the brew, uh, the, the brewer and the brewer saying, wow, I'm, you know, it's running a bit fast. The grinder saying, okay, well, maybe we will need to make some adjustments there and making recommendations just enough to get them in the ballpark and then give them some nice, easy-to-use software that says, try tweaking this, push it that way, push it this way a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, something like that. So I, I talked about that and I suggested that, that I, I honestly think that's the way the world is going to go in this particular demographic, for this demographic. And lo and behold, Revel launches beans.com. As it stands right now, just a bunch of roasters, subscription service, very benign, nothing to see here. But I bet you there's a plan there. There's a plan there at the very, very least. Worst case scenario, you can push a button on your espresso machine and order more beans. You know, they could do that in the future, even if there's nothing smart about it. But I'll tell you why I think there's going to be something smart. There's more than just my, 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 my sixth sense, right? There's actually some, some history to back this up, and it kind of goes back. So I'll come back to that in just a second because the second thing they did, of course, beans.com, they got the, the Baratsa, they got beans.com, then they buy Lalit, La and importantly, they get the expertise. They get the guys at Lalit to come on board the main board, and drive product innovation and design and, and whatever. So you can start to see that potentially, you know, something's happening here. Now let's go back to Jim Clayton and see what else he did, because after moving on from, uh, from Symphony, where he learned about how to grow and scale a big business, he went to work for LG, and what was he doing there? It wasn't coffee, it was IoT, Internet of Things. He was learning how to, how to make... Uh, you know IoT, the Internet of Things. I think you know smart light bulbs and you know your Alexa devices, those sorts of things. All those, you know, I think LG has some pretty awful things. Some, you know fridges that know when you're you know, out of milk and things like that. And he had a very practical thing. I remember reading something he said about um, about IoT has to has to be practical. Like if you don't put don't put it in for the sake of the technology, put it in when it has some practical purpose and use. And I'm certain that they're bringing now these ideas of how technology can improve um, coffee making for the masses. Perhaps not for a lot of us, who are sort of really into it, uh, but for the masses. But also, why not for us? I mean, you know, we all kind of sneered at the automatic milk frothing technology that Breville bought in. But you know what? A lot of people are coming around saying it's actually not not too bad. And it'll get better. And we're seeing more and more companies um, come out and, 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 and mimic those those innovations. Secondly, secondly, I think this. This is my this is my very specific, uh, my very specific plan or idea. If if it was me. And if it was me and I was doing this, my first thought, it's my board meeting, sitting down, hello guys, welcome to the board meeting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Here's what I think we should do. I would have two lines. I would have the consumer line, the appliances. Yes, we need to make them more repairable and et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, they are for people who've got a Breville toaster. They've got a Breville kettle and they kind of want to make some coffee at home. So they want a Breville coffee maker at home. Okay. There's a line for those people. And then I think there's the premium line. Then there's the prosumer line, which is where the Lelit brand will come in, whether they keep it as Lelit or whether they it becomes sort of the Breville Pro line. I don't know. So I'd take the existing Breville lines as it is, they've got a lot of machines in that line, in that lineup, probably a little bit too many, I have to say, and I'd cut that down to maybe three. I'd keep the the Breville uh, Sage uh, uh, Bambino. I'd keep the uh, Barista Express. And I'd keep the touch. And that would be it. That would be it. So if you want an appliance-type device, one of those three will do the job for you. If, on the other hand, you want to move up, start getting serious about your coffee, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. We'll do the Lalit brand, or let's say, let's just call it for the sake of argument, the Breville Pro range. And on the Breville Pro range, you get your, you know, HX machine, your dual boiler machines, your Bianca, whatever else, but with better integrations into the Barraza grinders, sold as a package. Maybe some software that helps tie it all together, and unique features. And that's where Maro and his team are going to come in and come up with some creative ideas, I'm sure. And so that starts to make a lot of sense. Oh, and by the way, of course, you know, the beans, the beans, don't forget the beans. Now I've got a one-stop shop. I've got a one-stop shop. I can go in, I can grab my Breville, or my Breville Pro, get my beans supplied. I know it's all gonna work well together because it's all been tested. Settings have been checked. I can go online. I've got, no, no, don't go online. I've got an app. I've got an app. You know I hate apps, but I can see it making sense here. I've got an app with different recipes on it, which says, "Oh, if you've got, if you've got a Breville Pro, you know, XL such and such machine, and these beans, you know, then this is the perfect setting. This is a great recipe. I think that's the plan. I would, uh, I would think that this is going to be a threat. I tell you, this is going to be a threat. For this. this is going to be a threat." largely to companies like Gazia at the prosumer end, I think. I think, um, think Profitec are going to uh, struggle when this, when, when this comes out, unless they can really innovate. I even think my beloved Rocket potentially might, might, might see a little bit of erosion at the bottom end of their machines. Uh, not at the top end, but at the bottom end. Companies like Lamazocco and um, uh, Victoria Arduino and Slayer, they're at the upper end of the market. they're in a different place, so they'll be fine. But I'm actually very I'm very interested. I'm actually quite excited uh, about uh, about what the company can do. Um is going to now have a war chest. He's going to have some some you know deep pockets which he can a sugar daddy, <laughs> which he can uh, call upon. To, uh, to, to, to manifest these ideas that he's clearly had. So tell me what you think. Am I right? Am I way off base? Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, or what do you think your ideas are? Leave them in the comments below because you know, I do respond to those and I love hearing them even when I get them thoroughly wrong. So we'll see, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it transpires. Thanks again for watching and I'll see you all next time.